get real with your values, like face to face, figure out how to incorporate them into your life. And then don't worry about what anyone else thinks, whether it's your the other employees at your job, your boss, your mom, whoever, just figure out how to get your life aligned with those values. Welcome to the Nourished and Nurturing podcast, where we empower the women who are supporting their families. Our goal is to educate on real food, raising little ones, and becoming our best selves. Hi, everyone. I'm Michelle. I'm a nutritional therapy practitioner. I have a master's in data analytics, and I guess at this point, I'm a chronic learner. I'm a mom to two-year-old Connor and four-month-old Ashlyn, and I'm a soon-to-be part-time insurance executive. I actually gave my notice last week, and we thought this was a perfect time to come on and talk about work-life balance and how I came to this decision. And I'm joined again today by Hillary Bennett. Hi, Michelle, and thanks for having me back. For those I haven't met, I'm Hillary. I left the world of corporate consulting to study nutrition and to start my business, Purposeful Plate. I provide nutrition consulting to moms and moms-to-be and business consulting to companies in the health and wellness space. And I'm also mom to two-year-old Mason. We live in Denver, Colorado. I am so excited for this conversation today. So yeah, I might just start with my updates because this is all super new for me. Um, Yeah, I gave my notice at work and I know you've heard some of this, not all of it, but We're just trying to create more balance in my family. So I had a 12-week maternity leave, and then I was back at work for about seven weeks um, before I gave my notice. But it was really on day one, uh, like literally the first day back at maternity leave, that I started sending emails about, I don't think this is a good fit for me anymore. But to be honest, they had a 12-week paid maternity leave, and... When I when I knew this wasn't working that well last year and I was pregnant, it was uh, kind of a deal too good to pass up. So. Yeah, that would be amazing and definitely motivation, but I'm sure it's also motivation when you have a new baby at home to want to be home more. Well, and it's interesting because my maternity leave this time was just so wonderful and we didn't have any issues, which is not not bragging at all because that was not the case with my first, but it was just this wonderful time where I had this space in my life for the first time in a long time. So um, yeah, with my son, I was home for only six weeks because I changed jobs when I was pregnant. And we also had all these feeding issues. So it was just like, I feel like it was a whirlwind for at least nine months where it was hard to get air. So there was no like, I'm away from my job for six weeks. Like it was just, it wasn't, it didn't feel like that. And now with my daughter, it's just been, or it was just this wonderful full place where I had time to work on the book we're working on and do some other things that I was passionate about exercise, you know, start to move a little bit, not, not exercise that close postpartum, but anyway, it, it just, it felt right. And it felt like this, like loud signal of this is a preview of what your life can be. Yes, definitely. You get a little taste of it and you realize that it's funny how you, sometimes you don't even realize that that's how your life can be. 
Like I remember growing up and my dad, I love my dad so much, but he, he complained about work a lot. And so it kind of gave me the vibe growing up that like work is something you have to do. You don't like work. You go to work because you have to work. And then you realize when you find something you're really passionate about that you can actually enjoy work and it can fulfill you and, and fill you up. And so it's just funny how, you know, you get that little taste when you're home and you're like, oh, wow, I don't have to be stressed out and miserable every day trying to make it all work. Yeah. Can you talk about like what you did, how you changed what you were doing? I know we talk about all this all the time because I call you and I'm thinking about making this decision of doing something different. And I'm like, tell me again, like, how, (laughs) how did you do this? How did you quit? So Yeah, definitely. Well, I mean, I will start by saying, in case there's anyone who's contemplating this themselves, and I've told you this too, it took me a solid three years to actually decide to do this. Um, I thought about it for so long. And I mean, it's a big change, right? When you go from a, a stable career where you get a paycheck and you have all the benefits and insurance and paid vacation, and it wasn't applicable to me at the time, but paid maternity leave and all of these amazing perks. And I mean, what it is, is really stability. And so I finally, it's, you know, I had been talking to my husband about leaving for so long. And at the same time, we were talking about having kids. And I finally said to him, I kind of came to the realization and I just said, I will not, I will not start a family while I'm at this job. And he said, then quit. And it was like, it was just like a, all of this build up to this one moment. And he finally kind of gave me that. I don't want to say he gave me permission because that makes it sound like <laughs> he's allowing me to do it. But it in my head, it was this decision that I kept waffling on. And he was like, well, then what are you waiting for? Like, you're going to put your life on pause because you're not happy doing what you're doing. Um, and so it just, it, I don't know, it, it just kind of clicked in that moment. It was kind of like, yeah, if I know that this is where I want to be, if I know that I'm not happy doing what I'm doing, why am I dragging this out? And so at that point, I took one nutrition class while I was working. I took an evening class locally and just to kind of like dip my toes in the water and see if it was something that I was going to want to do. And I did. I loved it. And so at that point, I did put my notice in and kind of went from there. Yeah, I, I would actually love to touch on the marriage piece because that I feel like that conversation took a lot longer for us, but I've been in that state of waffling. I remember last October, so almost two years ago, being really serious about it, but I've been talking about this for a while, like that this doesn't seem to fit the life I want. And, but yeah, we'll say really seriously for almost two years. And I do feel like I got mixed messages from Scott. Like he, at first he wasn't a big fan of it. He's like, you have such a good deal with what you're doing. And I've put, I mean, I've put so much into my career, not that everybody doesn't, but with being an actuary, it's, I'm not even sure how much you know about this, but there's this rigorous series of exams. Mm -hmm. And once you get through that, you have like really good long-term career stability, you know, it's, um, so it's like, I spent my twenties studying for this <laughs> in addition to working full time. And then I got my master's degree and I just finished that a year, a year ago. So, um, it seems kind of crazy when I've invested all of this to just leave, 
So I think my husband was initially coming from that place of like, what are you talking about? Like you've, you've gotten here. I manage a big team. Like I manage a team of 10 at work. Like I kind of got to this level that I've been working towards for a long time. So I think he was more coming from that place, not from this, like, I don't want you to be happy place, but it still felt like I was trying to get that permission from him. Kind of like you said, and we were getting some coaching uh, using the Enneagram. And it was finally the coach just said, like, he would tell me it was okay, but then he would make comments in the other direction. But finally the coach just said, he said it was okay. Don't ask him again. (laughs) (laughs) And for some reason it just clicked that it's like, I I don't know, because I could analyze something forever Mm -hmm. and I I was really, really stuck in that place of like, yeah, but I don't know if I can pull the trigger. Like, can I do this? And I don't know what it was that made me feel, I I think it's the same as you. Like I I grew up with that message of, no, if you liked your work, they wouldn't pay you for it, you know? (laughs) Right, right. No, it's so true. And it's almost like a little bit of your own insecurities were creeping in, like your own doubts and fears were creeping in there. Like you're grabbing onto any little thing that he's saying to be like, maybe I shouldn't do it. I don't know. And I get it. It's scary. Like it's a scary leap to make when you have spent all that time kind of building up your career. And, you know, I met my husband in grad school. (laughs) So we were in, we got our MBAs at Emory. And so I literally met him sitting next to him in class in business school. And then to tell a person that you met in business school where everyone's like ramping up to, you know, get back into the world of whatever they're doing. Um, And I had come from uh, Ernst & Young, which is a consulting or consulting and accounting firm, I guess. And then going back there because they supported me going to grad school and sponsored me going to grad school. And so for him, I think he had the same confusion of like, I just I just met this really motivated, driven person in grad school who's like here with her company. <laughs> and now she's telling me she wants to leave. So it's, I think, I mean, he had the same struggle and... And that's fair, right? It's it's fair for them to kind of struggle with that little identity shift and the shift in goals and motivation. But I think it all comes as our personal lives are also shifting, right? Like we're going from being single and in our 20s to thinking really seriously about having kids and then having kids. And that changes your life in its own way and your priorities shift. So it is a natural progression. But I think when our husbands aren't in our heads making those <laughs> like kind of coming along for the ride so much, it can be hard for sure to get used to that idea. Yeah. And I think for us, this was the first big thing that we didn't just align on. Like we knew we both wanted kids and we got pregnant like a little more than a year after we've been married. How long have you been married? We It'll be six years actually in like a week. Okay. Oh, our anniversary is in a week too. It'll be five years. So that I think this is the first big thing where like he didn't see it coming, like you said, Mm -hmm. and it's like you have to grow together. And I'm sure that'll happen many more times in our marriage where we might want to take take a big step and the other person isn't sure they want to take that step. And it is it is tough because, of course, you're like trying to make this big decision and you wish that they just wanted the exact same thing 
you do. And it, it, yeah, it's fair. It's fair that they don't. Um, and I think we'll just settle into our new normal once we get past this big change, but it's a big change. And I am still doubting it in a lot of ways, even though I've given my notice and it's done, like it felt really good. Like that the first day or two after I gave my notice. And now there's a lot of moments of just like, what am I doing? (laughs) So I think that, that like assuredness for both of us will probably come more with time. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, I think one thing too, I tried to do is whenever I, you know, we were talking about this a lot was kind of put myself in his shoes. Like, what would he, what would I be thinking if he was telling me this? Like, if he was like, I want to quit my job and do X, like, what would my concerns be? What would I want to know? And so trying to share some of those motivations and where my head was at to try and get him to my place of, I get it. Like, I get that this is weird. I, if he would have told me that I would have been like, what? So (laughs) I see where he was coming from. And I tried to kind of get in that place and sort of alleviate those fears. But I think especially for you, and I, I thought this myself when I had those moments of fear too, you know, if you leave your job in a good place, there's going to be a space for you again. Right. So if you are, if you decide in a year and I'm very convinced that you're not going to decide this, but if you decide in a year that this isn't for you, I think you could ramp back up to full time in a minute. So the risk is really low, honestly. Well, and I did kind of mitigate, we were talking about quitting and totally doing something else, but I took a part-time job in my field. Mm -hmm. So it is, I I really think it's a nice option because it's flexible hours, part-time work from home, but it's, yeah, I'm, I'm getting paid at the level that I've worked my way up to because if I'm ramping up a nutrition business, it will take a while. You're putting a lot of work out there before, before you're seeing much come back from it, I assume. But I'd, I'd love to hear um, that, like how you made that transition, how you went about building up your business. Because to me, it seems like you have an MBA that's going to help you in whatever you do. It absolutely does. So it's funny, I didn't see it at the time. I thought this was a total career shift. I really didn't see it as a progression in any way. But it turns out that that, that having the MBA and having the not just the MBA, the degree, but the business experience has been a huge asset in what I'm doing now. There are very few people who have studied nutrition who also have that business experience who are really well-versed in Excel and in PowerPoint and even just in business conversations and in thinking strategically, um, you know, when working with an organization as a whole. So that's been actually a huge asset that I did not anticipate. And it has actually helped my business take shape. So when when I set out to study nutrition, my thought was I'll provide one-on-one nutrition counseling. And, you know, maybe I'll provide a product or something like what we're building now with this postpartum ebook. And I never considered really anything beyond that. I just kind of thought people go to study nutrition and that's what they do. And it wasn't until I kind of started working in that world that I realized that there's actually, this is actually a really cool gap I could fill. 
And so that has really helped it take shape. And I did I did start to try and build my business while I was studying in school, thinking that I really needed to kind of hit the ground running because I, I had heard a lot of people say that in, nutri- in a nutrition practice, it takes time to ramp up to get clients and and to kind of get your rhythm down. And so I started to do some of that. But I really didn't have a focus at first. So I didn't know. People kept saying, you have to have a niche. Who do you want to focus on? What kind of condition? What kind of, who's your target client? And I really didn't have that. I didn't know. Um, And so it wasn't actually, it's funny because I got pregnant while I was studying nutrition. And it wasn't until that time that I realized that that was really the place I wanted to be. I really really wanted to help women who were pregnant and new moms kind of nourish themselves. And so it all sort of took shape at the same time. You know, I went from casting this really wide net to just being like, does anyone need nutrition help? Um, To really sort of honing in on not only the type of person that I wanted to work with, but also kind of expanding to the second arm of the business of working with companies that are in the health and wellness space that need some business consulting work or content creation work. And so that's been a really cool transition and progression that actually combines both my business background and my nutrition education. What's the timeline around that, just out of curiosity? It was a whirlwind. Let me try and think. So I left in October of 2016, I believe, from my job. It was a fall in the fall semester once I realized I was taking the part-time class. And I started nutrition school that following January. That summer is when I got pregnant. So like in July of 2017. And then I ended up taking, when he was born, I did take a leave of absence from school and for three months. And then I wrapped up the program, I believe that December. So I really try, I was trying to ramp up a lot when I was pregnant. And once I had him, that really came to a screeching halt for a variety of reasons. I mean, I was, I was really overwhelmed postpartum. I you know, we've talked about this on prior episodes, but part of the motivation for this book is just really me being unprepared for the postpartum period. And so that a lot of that, a lot of that ramping up just took a pause whenever he was born for several months. But it's now, I guess, 2020. So, I mean, I would say it, it took me like I'm hitting, I've hit a stride now, but it took me truly years to to build up and to find my place and to see, and it's still evolving, right? It's not like I have arrived. It's, it's evolving constantly and it continue will continue to evolve. But I think that's the beauty of owning your own business. It's that you, you can let it evolve with you as you grow. Yeah. I love that. Um, yeah. Cause I feel like I have this pressure of, I want to be building things up now so that I have somewhere to land once, once I have this time from this part-time work and um, I'm, yeah, I guess I'm scared. <laughs> like I, I want to do well. I want to like, I don't know. I feel this pressure to have like quit for a reason. Um, even though I'm doing this part-time job, it's, I don't want to be somebody 
who's seen as just like taking a step back to raise kids. And I don't know why that worries me, but I I think it is just, yeah, this identity. (laughs) I totally, I totally thought, oh my gosh, people are just going to think I'm quitting so I can have babies and stay home. I, I had the same fear, which is also a little bit crazy because if that's what you want to do, there's nothing wrong with that. So I don't know why I had that fear. I mean, if you if, if you want to quit your job and stay home and be with babies, that's a great solution. And again, you could always go back to a career after that. Plenty of people do that. So, but I had the same I had the same fear and I I wanted to feel like I was proving myself, like I I was getting work. I was I left for a reason and I felt like I had to justify it. And you know, not even for myself but really just it felt like to other people, to my family, to my husband, and no one was putting pressure on me but myself, but but I, I totally get it. Yeah, I, I totally get it. Well, let's talk about that, the reasons for making this change, because I feel like that's kind of the crux of this. Like, does it seem silly or do, is it like legit? Because for us, I it's... You know, my marriage, I would say, is above average. We're generally happy. We love our kids. It's, but I think anybody with young kids knows that it's like, it's a lot. Um, Mm -hmm. And obviously, we have two now, and that's a lot. And so everybody kind of says that, that this time with young kids, like, oh, worry about your marriage later. Like, it's, it's supposed to be like this. And, I'm kind of at this point where, again, it's not bad, but I I feel like I want to be more connected to my husband and we keep putting it off. And it's like, it, it seems like there's a lot of things that we're putting off because there's literally with, with two young kids or even one young kid, because that's where I was for most of this and working full time. It's just, it's. I would say too much, but I'm not going to say too much because people can make that decision and that works for them. But for what I wanted, it wasn't working. Like I do want to be able to cook dinner every night and exercise and have connected family time, like not just opening my laptop after the kids go to bed and not spending time with my husband or whatever it is. Like, so there's this idea of balance, but it's different to everybody. So it it really comes down to what's important. But I feel like that's what's hard to articulate. If you're explaining to a friend, why did you quit your job? It seems weird to say like, I want a more connected marriage. You know what I mean? I know it does seem weird. Or like, I, I, it seems weird to say something like, I want to have time to cook dinner every night. And it, What's funny is it's it feels weird for me to say it, but when you say it to me, I'm like here nodding, like furiously nodding my head. I'm like, yes, yes, yes. So it's when I hear it from you, I completely I could not agree more. That's so much of my reasoning too. But when you say it yourself, it's almost like you shouldn't be giving yourself permission to I don't know, to to prioritize your personal life. That's that's just I feel like where our world is, where our society is, I guess I should say, that your worth for some reason is often tied to work and profession and 
and not to your sort of your, I don't know, commitment or dedication to your family and yourself, but it absolutely should be. I mean, it it's, you have to think holistically about what makes you happy. And there is definitely fulfillment in work, but there's also a ton of fulfillment in having a marriage that fills you up and spending time with your kids and having time to make dinner with your kids and go for a walk after dinner and do these things that bring balance to your life so that when you are working, you feel like you want to be there. You feel like you're doing this for a reason, that you're taking this intentional time to work. Yeah. And now that you say this, I think it's this, this, we don't talk about this as a culture. So I think the culture doesn't really value I have connected family time. I listen to my kids' emotions. I make sure my husband and I aren't acting stubbornly towards each other or like, you know, or we have a healthy sex life. Like, yeah, I think totally. as a society, we're not talking about these things. So then it's hard to say, well, I want this to be better because nobody's talking about how it's not great. Um, and there's just a lot of things like if your kid is whining a lot or like, and you're having to punish them or give them timeouts all the time, like, is that normal for a toddler or is it a lack of connection with your kid? And I feel like now we're getting into a really touchy subject because you don't want to judge anyone for their choices. But I think there isn't this idea of, there's value in doing this better. For sure. And I think the other thing there is that I've come to realize over the past several years is just because something is common doesn't mean it has to be normal. So, you know, when I, if I'm driving home at five o'clock and I, from wherever, say I'm at the grocery store or something, and I see 12 cars in line at some fast food restaurant and, and that's just normal because that's what a lot of people do. They pick up their kids from daycare and they run through the fast food line and they shuttle them home. Just because that's common doesn't mean it's what's best, right? So like, it's like, it's like it's been made okay to be busy and overwhelmed and that's just how it is versus... Yeah. What's I, I mean, like taking a step back, like, oh, everyone else does this. So this is what I'm going to do too. And that's what I've had to really get comfortable with is this might be what everyone else is doing right now, but it doesn't feel right to me. It doesn't fit my, what I want. It doesn't fit my kind of my passions. Like I, it, it just doesn't feel right. And I don't care if I'm the only one of my whatever friend group or whoever it might be who's doing this, that that whatever that thing is that seems like the common the way to go it doesn't feel right to me and at the end of the day like it's just it's it doesn't feel right when you're not living in a way that's consistent with your values yes that was the perfect way to say it um yeah and it's hard like because we want to really come at this from a place of not judging and if that's what you value is your contribution to work, then 
you do what you need to, to make that work. And I feel like my husband is one of those people, like how he thinks about his work. He really thinks he's doing something good. He does government projects and does a really good job at it. And that is kind of what he wants to, like how he wants to imprint the world. So I I think that makes it harder for him to understand me too. Like how my job is a drain on what I want to do with my time and my life versus like for him, he's gets to kind of like double use his time. Like it's work, but it's also what he wants to be doing with his time. You know, obviously there's cons to any job, but yeah, I think mine is so out of alignment and I do, I want to spend, I want to spend more time with my kids and the things I talk about doing, like, you know, from anything like not using a pacifier, like sitting with your baby for a half an hour and cry, like letting her cry for as long as she wants, or like, like sitting there with your toddler for every tantrum and, you know, making dinner every night. And it, it all takes time. And it, that, yeah, that's exactly it. That's what I value. So it's hard to, it's hard to fit the work in. <laughs> And then the marriage piece is just, it is something I really, really value. And I feel like it could just be so much better, like the connection we have, but it, it's been something we, we, and we consciously look at this when we say, what do we want in our life? And we have this list and like marriage is on there. And every time we've gone to this place of like, okay, how are we actually going to spend our time? The marriage gets bumped. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure last to go. And it is, it's funny because like when I was at my prior job and we were thinking and starting to talk about kids and I would see the other moms at work and there, there actually weren't a ton of women at higher levels with kids. But when I would see that, like I remember hearing a woman, this is actually before I moved to Denver and she had daycare for her kids. And then she hired a nanny to pick them up at daycare get them home, get them dinner and get them bathed so that by the time she got home at like 7:30 she could kiss them goodnight and that was that. And I just remember thinking like I if that's going to be what it's like with kids, I don't want kids. And again, if that's what you value, like this woman loved her job. I did not love my job. So that's the difference. To her it was worth it, to me it was not. But I just remember seeing that and thinking, like, if that's what it's like, I I don't want to do this. Like, that's not the life I want. And, you know, now it's really intentional when I choose to work. Like, when I am working, it is super intentional. Like, I will get up in the morning and we make eggs and smoothies every morning and we sit and, like, chat and, you know, I mean, he's two. It's like silly conversation, but I value that time so much and I really want to protect it. But then after that, we go off and I do some work and that's really fulfilling and intentional and purposeful work. And I really enjoy doing it. But then, you know, there are days where I go back upstairs and we have lunch together before he lays down for his nap and we read and, you know, it's just it's a and and to to some people that might sound horrendous to have that integration with work and life but to me i just i love having that flexibility and i love being able to to shift and kind of prioritize what i need to prioritize 
at different times and, and to have fulfillment through both work and family. Yeah, I love that. I, I think especially with really young kids, I, I could see potentially wanting more when the kids are older or in school mm-hmm. or more independent. But I I will tell you, because you didn't go through the full-time corporate job with a kid and it was, I just felt so like I needed to prove myself at work because I took that job when I was three weeks or three months pregnant. And I felt like I was really worried that they were going to be pissed that they hired me and I didn't tell them I was pregnant, you know? And it's one of those things where you kind of assume that once you start to show, you couldn't be interviewing because no one's going to want you. So I I was like in high gear and like determined to be traveling right away when I went back to work at not long postpartum. Um, and yeah, it, it was like traveling and pumping and bringing the cooler bags of milk. I remember being on a trip with my boss and like my bag was just like leaking milk. And I'm like, oh my gosh. And, you know, I'm upset. I'm this new mom, like crying about spilled milk. I, I didn't cry. You know, it's this whole like trying to, I think that's really tough too in the workplace. You kind of have to pretend it's not a thing. Mm-hmm. And even like now in my calendar, I have time blocked out to pump twice a day. And I don't write pumping because I share, I share my calendar with um, my direct reports and with my boss, but it's like, everybody knows what it is, but then my boss starts scheduling time over that. And I'm like this, you know, I need this time. And it's just put in this place where it's hard to even talk about or hard to like, you're traveling for work and you're, well, I need, uh, to make sure we're staying at a hotel that has a fridge and, you know, all these things that they're not making it easy on women. Cause I think any woman who wants to do the full-time thing and what you just described, like, it doesn't sound terrible to me. I get it that she wants the good time with her kids. She doesn't want to have the time with her kids where they're whining about dinner or the bath or like whatever. Um, like I could see making that choice. I don't want to make that choice right now, but I've been, I've been somebody who's not only worked full time. I finished my master's degree while I had a kid at home and was working full time. And it's, it's crazy. Um, but you can do it. Like if, if that's what you want, if you want to climb that corporate ladder, like you need to, but I just, I, and I, I actually really appreciate that some women are making that choice because they're the ones the ones who are going to normalize some of these things to make it easier for you know people towards the middle or the bottom that people aren't advocating for pumping or totally. some of these like flexibility around the schedule that really having young kids is demanding. Oh, absolutely. And that's not to say that that's not a good choice. That's a great choice if you're happy in what you do and I think that's that's kind of the crux of the message to me is do what you love. Like we're, we're make the time, I guess, away from your family. If you are a mom, make it worthwhile, right? Like make it something that you want to be doing. And 
this woman that I'm referencing was super passionate about her job. And she's, I'm sure she's probably like a partner by now. So that's amazing. But it wasn't for me. And so I, that is not to to judge at all anyone who's doing that. I think it's amazing that you are making it work. But I just, I'm kind of, I think because society puts so much pressure on women, like you said, to get back to work and to get back to norm, normal, quote unquote normal, and, you know, be that working mom and appear as if you have it all together. I want women to feel like they also have permission to take take a step back and reevaluate and say, is this working for me? Or, you know, could I, could I have better balance? Could I prioritize myself a little bit more if I'm feeling unbalanced there? That's, that's all that I'm trying to say. I definitely don't want anyone to feel like if they're doing, you know, the corporate thing or working and sending their kids to daycare, that's amazing. That's, that's also a great option, but it wasn't, in the job that I was, that I had, it was not for me at that time. Yeah. I think like you said, like living aligned, aligned with your own values is like what we're striving for. And these messages, like, you know, the book lean in, like I was, I've read that multiple times um, where it's like, yeah, you don't have to give up your career for your family and like women can get to the top. And it's like, I fully believe that and like totally support any woman that wants to, but it's like, we don't have to feel bad if that's not what we want. It it doesn't make us less of a woman or less of a feminist or, you know, it's totally. And I don't think that these, these choices that we're making to be able to, do these things with our kids and have that connected time and work on our marriage. Like it could easily be the husband making this choice too. It just doesn't tend to go that way. Um, So again, I, I'm not anti-feminist and think women need to be at home or can't work full time. It's just, this is something that's, that is very important to me. And I think it's, it's in our nature in a way to really care more about what our kids are eating and, to, to be women, like we connect socially more than men do just evolutionarily. So it's, I think it's natural for us to care more about those things. Um, and I think it's also natural to, to shift as you grow. Like it's not necessary. It's, it's not realistic to think that you can make a decision at the age of like 20, what you're going to do for the next 40 years. I mean, people change. And so it's okay. It's okay if you do change, if you change your values or your, you know, your mind or your priorities, that's also okay. You don't need to commit to a a life and a career when you're a 20-year-old college student deciding on a major. That's also silly. So I also want women to feel like they, if permission is what's needed, that they have permission to, to listen to they're changing needs and desires and, and values like those will change as you progress through your life and your career. And as you learn new things in your job and as you grow your family and as your marriage evolves and your kids grow up, those things will change. Like you said, I anticipate the same thing. I anticipate probably ramping up work once my kid or kids are, you know, in school themselves and older and that will be another shift once they're kind of grown up and in school. So I just, I also want women to feel like it's okay to, to not commit to 40 years of the same 
just because you started a career, you know, when you were just out of college or grad school? Yeah, it seems like the best thing we could do is just keep having these conversations and validate each other's choices. Because I know I've seen a lot of stuff about like school age kids, about the the working full time moms and the the stay at home moms and how there's kind of this battle and judgment. It's like, can we just soften that? And can we let it be this thing where maybe you can go in and out of being a a stay-at-home mom or a working mom or, um, yeah. And I haven't experienced that. I have seen it more in TV or even heard from other stay-at-home moms that they've kind of felt that way. But, um, yeah, I think, I think all of these choices are valid. And if we're not totally happy in our home life, I think it's okay to say that. Um, so I'll just talk a little bit about my, the choice I made, cause it's different than what you did in terms of just like quitting and starting your own thing. Um, mm-hmm. so I quit, I'm working part-time it's flexible hours and I set about 18 hours a week and I put some pretty firm boundaries around that too. So I worked at this company before the one I'm going back to part-time. And I will say that trying to, it's kind of a shame because I'm saying like, this is a great choice, but I think most people aren't going to have this choice. I talked to recruiters and they said, no, we don't hire for part-time. I asked my current employer and they said they would never consider part-time for my job. Um, So in a way, it's almost like if you're not making the choice to be this 40-hour-a-week woman, the corporate world doesn't value you a whole lot, which I think is a shame because nobody's even talking about what it would cost. Like, really, if my my hourly rate, like, no matter what it was, I'm not valuable to you as a part-time employee, um, it doesn't, you know, we're not supported in that in this world. But then trying to go, so I approached my last employer and that was a situation where they knew me, they knew my work and they wanted me and they wanted to make it work. So going through that process, they they also really demand a lot out of people. Like I was, this was before having kids, but I was putting in hundred hour weeks for a while. And this is on top of studying for my master's degree. And like, um, it was intense and they will get a lot of work out of you and they know they're good at that. So I had some hesitations around this and I put some pretty firm boundaries around this job and, you know, stay tuned for if that works out, but it felt really good to be in this position. Obviously it feels good for them to just be like, we want you, how can we get you? But it felt great to be advocating for what I needed um, because we kept saying, this is just bonus. If I get this, I can still quit and do like build the nutrition business. And if we have this part-time job, it's probably a good bridge for me. And, or honestly, the more I talk to them about the work, I'm really excited about it. And it could very well be a long-term part-time job if it, if it worked out. So I'm really trying to set it up in a way that this could be my new path where I'm getting to dip my toe in both places. So the boundaries I put on were, 
I needed notice if I was going to work on a night or a weekend, like outside of nine to five, Monday through Friday. And I needed two days ahead of time to, to do that. Cause I think that's something that is tough. Like you get stuck. Um, Scott was the one when Connor was little, he was the one that was always home right at five to pick Connor up or to relieve whoever was here. And I was kind of, it's different because he took the train. So he was kind of on a schedule, but I would be home at 6.30 sometimes. Like I started a little later, but I would get stuck in these meetings. So this is my boundary that I'm done at five unless they cleared this ahead of time. Um, I'm going to balance to those 18 hours every three months. So if I had been putting in more than that, at the end of three months, I would say, actually, I have to take two and a half weeks off so that I can balance back to the weekly hours that I'm supposed to be working. And I also said that if I have time blocked on my calendar, that I need a week's notice to move that. So again, this is something protecting if I have something planned, like a podcast recording or um, something with the kids, like I, I'm going to be taking care of the kids for a half day. Like they have to fit around my life, not the other way around. So again, this has just felt really good for me. And then the other thing was I wouldn't go to the office more than three times per month. So it is a from, from home job, but the job is I could get there in about 20 minutes um, on the train to downtown. So it is potentially something where I might want to go in for meetings and just stay connected with the project. So, so yeah, that felt really good. Just saying, this is what I want. Can you offer that to me? And it's like, basically take it or leave it. That sounds amazing. It, and probably feels so empowering just to be able to, to state your needs, because I feel like so often it's the other way around. It's like, here's the offer. Maybe there's like a little wiggle room for negotiation, but here it is, take it or leave it. So it's got to be empowering. And I think it's also good too, that you had this time at home where you could reflect back and say like, what do I value? Okay. I really want to be able to do this from home say, or I really want to protect my nights and weekends for time with my kids and my husband. So it's really cool that you had that time to be able to sort of hash out like, what do you value? Where are you willing to give and where are you not willing to give? And I think that's a really important exercise. It's it's a hard exercise for sure, but it's really important to do, I think, when you're thinking about career and mixing work and life. Yeah. And I think that was actually an exercise that somebody else had to tell me to do like this, write out what doesn't work for you. And it took me a while to come up with those four things, but I was like, yeah, I, I actually don't mind working nights and weekends. That's why I said, I'll do it with two days notice. What I don't like is having other plans and like sitting there staring at the clock. Like, when am I going to be out of this meeting? Like it, the way they operated at this company was very much like you couldn't say if it was 12 o'clock and you had lunch plans with somebody, but you were in a meeting, you couldn't say, Hey, I'm going to take out for lunch. It was kind of like, you're ours until you're really until you're released. So I'm like, yeah, I don't mind that, but I don't want to be told to move things at the last minute. So, mm -hmm. 
so that was, yeah, kind of my concerns about working for them, from them. And so I, I would encourage anybody to do that. Just sit down and make a list of what isn't working about this. And it might be something really small. Like you want to be able to um, take your kids to the doctor and work from home that morning. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like if there's some small things that aren't working, you might be able to ask for them. Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's a, gr a great exercise and a really important one. And it's, to be honest, it's harder than it sounds. <laughs> oh, it, it definitely is. And it's really hard to ask. And it's, it's hard to get a no. Like I, mm -hmm. there was a potential of a part-time job where I was at now, but it wouldn't have been working for my boss. He was like, no on the part-time. And sometimes you're going to get that where somebody just believes culturally, like, nope, we're, we have to put on a suit and go to work every day and grind. You know, the, there's a lot of old school business, especially in insurance. I, I've only worked in insurance because of what I do, but it's stuffy. <laughs> And there doesn't tend to be a lot of that flexibility, but the group I'm going back to, they're really, it's more of a startup kind of vibe where it's like, they're offering me this because I'm going to give that amount of value to them and they don't care all the details around getting it as much. Um, so obviously that's working in my favor, mm -hmm. but I, I would love to see more people asking for this and like, create this collective demand. Like we, we are women, this isn't working. You will meet our needs or, you know, obviously <laughs> yes. it's not going to happen like that. But I, I think if companies were forced to, they might, they might get more flexible around things, but yeah. All right. Sure. Do you want to get into some tips? I think we talked about like some work-life balance uh, things that we had. So like, you and your husband both work from home and you've been doing that for a while, right? Yes, we do. So he, yeah. I mean, pre-COVID, he was traveling a fair bit, but when he wasn't traveling, he was working from home. Okay. Yeah. We both traveled quite a bit too um, for our jobs and had to figure out care. Once in a while, we'd be traveling at the same time and would find care for our son, but uh, I started working from home right around Christmas. I got a note from my midwife for the last three months of pregnancy. And then, yeah, obviously we've been working from home since I went back. And then this is both of us working from home. Scott is not a work from home kind of person and he's a project manager. So he's saying like for his job, it's a lot easier to walk over to somebody's office than try to call them or email them and they just don't pick up. <laughs> yeah, but, for sure. So I, I am actually really looking forward to having the house to myself again, because also we have a nanny now that we had grandma care for my son and the grandmas don't want two kids full time. So we've had a nanny and it's like this whole complicated schedule, but Connor will be starting his preschool September 1st. So that'll, that'll be back to like, yeah, be at least not having the kids at home. I don't, you had daycare for most of Mason's babyhood, right? No, we actually, well, we started out with a nanny part-time and then she got a different job. 
And so we were kind of scrambling because that was at the point where I was trying to finish up school. So we were scrambling and we, a spot opened up at a daycare here that was really, we had toured and we really liked, and we didn't think that we would get in until he was in preschool because the wait lists here are so long. And it was kind of crazy timing, but a spot opened up right around the time that our nanny gave her notice. And so we put him in there sort of as a stop gap to find something. Um, So he was there for a little less than a year and it did allow me, I mean, it did provide some flexibility for me to, um, you know, I, I guess use it as I wanted. So we still did like, you know, he was the last kid to arrive (laughs) at daycare every morning because I still wanted to, you know, kind of have my, at that time, nursing time in the morning. And then we did breakfast. And um, so we did that and that worked for a period of time. And then I, I sort of got that itch again. Like I, this was never meant to be long-term. I want to bring him back home. I want him to be home with me um, and, and stay with him. You know, there would be some days that I would be with him and some days he would be at a nanny share. And so I've, I kind of got back to that like hybrid approach of having him with me some days and, you know, sort of with a nanny and socialized other days with other kids And of course, COVID caused all of that to crumble. So now we do just have a part-time nanny come. She comes in the morning, often until nap time, um, to be with him. But in terms of tips, I mean, I would say, like, just, again, with the permission, (laughs) giving yourself permission to get help where you need it. So if you're lucky enough to have family in town, asking for help where you can get it. Um, if you're not like, we don't have any family in town, we have no support. So I finally bit the bullet and I was like, you know what, we're getting someone to clean our house. Like I, it's one more thing I just can't do. So I think that's, it's definitely a tip and obviously your budget has to allow for it. Um, you have to get creative, you know, in certain ways, but I think sort of giving yourself permission essentially to not do it all yourself, whatever that means for you to get help where you can, to, to ask for help from your partner. If, if they aren't, I have a super involved partner. He's does a ton around the house. He does a ton with our son, but you know, I hear other women saying different things and that they wish that their husband would do these things. And so asking for help versus just, you know, getting upset about it, I think is, and I've had to learn to do that myself, even with my own husband. Um, you know, of just asking for what you need. And again, taking that pressure off of feeling like you have to do it all yourself, because I feel like that's just such a common thing right now in our world. So, so definitely, that has been something that I am still trying to learn how to do is just not, not put the world on my, on my shoulders to do, but to take a step back and see where I can get some help and admit that, like, maybe it's not, a perfect dinner on the table, but it's enough and it will work. And we're still all sitting down together for a nutritious dip. Yeah. I think just not putting this pressure on to do everything perfectly. Like you have this idea of you want the food to be perfect and you care about all the things, but like, it's okay to let your husband do it and do it not in the exact way you want it done. Like (laughs) it'll get done and it'll be fine. And that's something that I'm actually embracing a lot more now that I have a second kid 
because I don't, I don't see what necessarily goes in Connor's lunch every day now. And that was kind of a big conflict where like pack, Scott would pack the bag and I'm like, you don't have milk. You don't have a starch. Like, like for me, the lunch is always a protein, a vegetable, a starch, a dairy, and like a fruit. So, um, and I like, I go through this list and it was like me auditing the bag for two years. <laughs> and <laughs> now it's just like, you know what? He's fine. Like he's also older. It's, it's not having the same impact as it does when he's such a small baby, but mm-hmm. you know, it is what it is and he'll be fine. <laughs> so yes, it will um, all be fine. I think that's a good thing to remember. I, I do the same. I still do it and it's, I'm a work in progress, but just, yeah, trying to take some of that pressure off. Not every aspect has to be perfect. And yeah. there, can, there can be a giant pile of laundry on the floor for a couple of days. It's fine. Yeah, it's not great. It's fine. Yeah. And some of my work from home tips were things that apply to being a corporate employee too, because that's obviously what I've been doing. Um, so my tips were, first of all, make your workspace a place that you enjoy being. Um, so I think one thing, this comes from feng shui and I'm like kind of into feng shui. So make fun of me if you want. But um, like not having your desk, just look at a wall. And like, mm-hmm. if you look at office spaces, a lot of times the office faces out so you can see things and it just like brings a different energy to it. So I have my desk set up so that it faces into the room and it's, you know, but I have natural sunlight, but yeah, just like add some plants, like have it not be messy. I think it makes a big difference mentally in your stress. If you're looking at a bunch of junk versus like a space that you like being like, get a comfortable chair, like, I think that's worth it if you're working from home, whether or not it's, I I think, you know, you tell me if I'm wrong, but even if you're working a 15 hour side gig, I think being able to sit down and plug in and say like, yep, this is where I'm working is really valuable. Oh, for sure. Yeah, we actually converted, we had a spare bedroom downstairs that we converted into an office that I share with my husband. But it's having that dedicated space. Like I was at the kitchen table or on the couch or in the like bedroom. I was all over the place and having that dedicated space is huge. I am not, you should probably come clean up my space. Cause you would be like appalled. <laughs> <laughs> it is not um, neat and organized, but I totally, I mean, I agree that that is a real, it's a helpful thing. And I think it's a great tip. Um, I just have not executed it. <laughs> Yeah. And something else I have really found valuable is setting calls that I can take, like taking a walk. So I'll spread them throughout my day, like one-on-ones with my staff or um, meetings with people that are, that I know better. I'll just, you know, you have to prepare a little bit ahead of time, but there are calls that you can take one sheet of paper with your notes and just walk while you're doing the call. Um, also, if you're really close to the person, I've been breastfeeding during some of my work calls, uh, like, I, you know, just with the headphones and the AirPods. So it's like, yeah, I'm laying down and nursing and I'm still getting the conversation done that needs to happen. But it allows me to just 
you know, it's not the most quality time with my babies. So maybe this is like not great advice, but it's something that's like, it's slightly easier for me to do that than to pump. And um, yeah, so that's something I've worked in or just like calls that or calls where you're like not super involved in. I know the video is actually trying to prevent all of the things that I'm saying, uh, <laughs> but there, there are calls where I'm like, okay, I'm going to get something done while I'm watching this because I know I'm not going to need to speak. So even if your company is in the culture of doing video, maybe taking that time as much as you can a couple times throughout the day of like, I'm not going to be on the video for this call and let them come back and ask you why if they, you know, they might not care for a couple, a couple of calls. I think, you know, calls where you're going to be speaking heavily to a group of people, you want to be focused and at your desk. But um, so that's something that I've found that actually gives a lot more balance to my life because if I'm able to bring that during my work time or driving, like if I have an appointment, I'll actually schedule a meeting for while I'm driving to the appointment, like a half, you know, if it's further away. So again, I only do this with people who work for me or people I'm more comfortable with, but it, mm-hmm. it does allow that it allows more time in your day to for sure. kind of double up. So then my only other tip was stay hydrated. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I feel like it's harder at home. Like you just get kind of stuck in your space all day versus like at work where you have to, go past the kitchen to go to the bathroom or things like that. Like it seemed easier to remember to drink water, but um, yeah, I think that's important to kind of be focused and in the zone. So. Good tips. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. Well, I think that was a good way to close out. I think this was such a good discussion and I want to keep having discussions around this because there's not, it's not easy to make these choices and you like you and I can both attest to it taking years and even having a few people like you and a couple of their friends who had done this made it helpful. And it still took me two years and I'd be like having these conversations over and over and over. Like, really, is it okay? Am I going to be okay? Like society tells me I need, I, I guess that's the other thing. Like with the values, I don't value having the biggest house and the newest car and some of the things that like a lot of people, you know, if you value having nice stuff and that's your most important thing, then you might need to work as much as you can, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah, no, totally. Um, I think the message is just honestly, like get, get, get focused on your values, get like (laughs) down with your value, like figure out what they are and then do that whatever it is for you. Don't worry about what other people are thinking. Don't worry about, you know, obviously you have to have your basic needs met, but get real with your values, like face to face, figure out how to incorporate them into your life. And then don't worry about what anyone else thinks, whether it's your, the other employees at your job, your boss, your mom, whoever, just figure out how to get your life aligned with those values and don't feel bad about it. I need a mic drop sound effect because <laughs> <laughs> so you can find me, Michelle, at 
Michelle Taggy underscore NTP on Instagram. You can find my website, michelletaggy.com. Hillary, where can people find you? My website is purposefulplatenutrition.com. I'm on Instagram at purposefulplatenutrition. And I will talk to all of you next week. Have a good time. Bye.